I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Set no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the second in our series of Millwall Achtung Millwall histories with myself and Neil Fissler, journalist with the Daily Expression and Rugby Paper. Welcome to the show, Neil. Oh, Nick, how are you going? Good, I'm good. We're actually recording these all in one slice, listeners. So we're going to try and sound inventive after each edition. So uh, don't don't buy the hype. It's all done in one go, really. But anyway, um, now yeah, we're already <laughs> we're running um, our eyes over the great and colourful personalities of Mill history, of there are of whom there are many. And in this edition, we're going to cover two big names. One name I have heard of, and famous name Jack Cock, wonderfully named Jack Cock. And a second name, less well-known, um, Wally Davis. Um, Jack Cox, certainly, Neil, um, major, major figure. And let's get his name right. It's Jack Cox, M.M., a military medal mentioned in dispatches um, for his service in the, in the First World War. So we're talking of football, but let's not forget that men of this era fought in, in that conflict and often acquitted themselves with incredible bravery, including Jack Cox. So... Um, Jack Cock, military medal, MM. Um, born in Hale, in Cornwall. I didn't know that. Um, in the West Country, near Penzance. Yeah, and seemed to actually migrate up to Ward's Forest Gate. Yeah, normally you do yeah. that journey in reverse. The modern, the modern person tries to migrate from Forest Gate down towards near Penzance. But Jack came in for, I suppose, work um, and, and opportunity would have been more, you know, would have prevailed nearer the, to, to London that you get. Um, he signed for us relatively, a relatively experienced player, really, didn't he? Um, 1927, um, an incredible goal-scoring record, I mean. He was, Jack Cock was actually one of the great strikers of his time. Huge name. One of three footballing brothers. And, oh, uh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, this would have been a... This would have been the equivalent of Millwall, I guess, signing Wayne Rooney. Right. Lash when Darby signed him and there was huge headlines. This guy, this was a coup for Millwall, I think, to get this guy. Maybe coming towards the end of his career slightly. Would have been, what, 
33, 34? Yeah, he's in, his, in his early 30s. Um, having played for um, Huddersfield, who were a major uh, championship winning side, I think, in the 20s. Didn't they win the league t- uh, three times in a row um, under Herbert Chapman, I believe? Um, yeah. And the Chelsea. Bank. Um, so he plays. He'd been a very, very successful player for two big clubs. Millwall at this point were in the third division south, the old third division south. And we reap the rewards. I mean, 115 appearances, 77 goals over a three-year period. Um, and, and as you say, you know, at a point in his career, well, he's, he's fairly late. And I'm not, I suppose he's playing third division football, but you've still got to put the ball in the net. And at any level, 77 goals in three years from 115 appearances is incredible return. Yeah, no, well, it just showed what kind of pedigree this guy had. You're not picking on a bit. And don't forget, yeah, but back then it would have been very heavy balls, very heavy pitches, very heavy boots. Absolutely. It, it, would, have been an absolute, it would have been an absolute sapping, uh, energy-sapping, physically demanding game of football that he was taking part in and this guy coming towards the end of his career was absolutely smashing the goals in he remains fifth in the Lions all-time scorers list behind names like Neil Harris Teddy Sheringham Steve Morris and Derek Posse and then Jack Cox so you know given given the numbers of games and I, I can appreciate it's a, it's a different era but you can't take away the physicality as you've just described well then or the physical game the physical nature of the of the way the game was played then no substitutes um players in the third tier particularly um who were you know they're going to come and uh, take you out physically if you especially if you showed talents and as and he would have been a dangerous man up front so he would have drawn the attention of defenders um what a performance what a what a physically strong man he must have been and let's not forget <laughs> earlier i mean his, his football career was interrupted by world war one um, so it's not just that, you know, his football career was delayed. He actually acquitted himself with bravery, decorated for bravery in the field and mentioned in dispatches for gallantry. It was even reported as missing, presumed dead at one point during the conference. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What a life this guy had. And yeah, well, we were talking that he's fifth on the Wall's all-time list of leading goal scorers, but that record stood for nearly 50 years. Yeah. 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 But- Posse that would have broken him to start well, off with. Posse was the record goal scorer when I first started going in the early seventies, and I remember Jack Cock because obviously you've got the, uh, the, the the humour of the name, and that wasn't stuck in my mind. You know, the um, Derek Posse was number one, and then Jack Cock. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, I'm looking at the numbers of games that he played: just 115 appearances, and to score nearly 80 goals in from <laughs> from 115 appearances is an absolute feat and a half. And it, it paid dividends because he was part of the championship side, 1927-28, um, which was a, a record-breaking side. I, I believe it's the um, we're promoted as champions that season with a record number of goals scored from the war in the in the, in the, in the yeah, one goals or something was it something absolutely ridiculous? He scored 25 of them. All co- it was an all-conquering side. I mean, it, yeah, honestly, it's um, it was a team that that, that um, projected us up into the second division. We couldn't continue on to the to the higher level for for various reasons, I guess. But certainly, Jack Cock was towards the end of his career, and um, his goals um, was a very much a a playing last last you know last surge of glory, really. Um, but he did come back later as a Millwall manager. Strangely, um, there's kind of strange parallels with Neil Harris in some ways, isn't there? Goal scoring phenomenon, and then he came back to manage the side 
Um, well, a modicum of success, I suppose, Neil. In 1944 to 48, he managed more. Um, yeah, but he came back in the time when the club was really on its downers. The ground had been destroyed by World War Two. There was not a lot of money knocking about, so you had to almost make do amend, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's again, um, it's fascinating doing the research for these these kinds of shows because you, um, you know, you you realise just how how many times in Mill's history it's nearly come to um, well disappearing from you know existence completely, but also the impact of the Second World War. I mean, we were actually set fair for a promotion run that I think they were almost planning to be promoted in nineteen thirty nine to forty to the top flight. Um, they had the ground that would have been capable of taking first division football of those times. Um, and then, of course, the war got in the way and various disasters, bombs and fire, um, you know, and men being called up into the service. And, and, and by the end of the conflict in 1945, we were very much, um, you know, uh, on our knees, really, as, as a club. And Mill manager from 44 to 48, but this would be in very, very tough times. Um, but he did manage us in the World Cup final, Neil, didn't he? In the, the Chelsea um, versus Millwall World Cup final of 1945. Yeah, which I think we've touched upon in the past. He, you were a liberal smattering of guest players. Yeah, as was um, the custom of the time. Um, yeah. You, you had to make make do with what you had. Um, so, he, he, unfortunately, his managerial career was not as successful to, as, as his playing career. He, he um, left us in 1948 with relegation um, on the agenda. I think the club was slipping into the, um, would have been the third division, um, and, and you know, parts of the ground devastated from from the war. Um, and he left to retire to run the, the White Hart Pub at New Cross Gate. <laughs> um, I did read interesting. It was in the um, uh, the James Murray book that there was some comment from the crowd about who's more interested in running the pub than it was in running Millwall Football Club. So I think Timbers had frayed by the end of this illustrious career by 1940. Yeah, his past glories, I think, as Neil Harris found out, obviously counts for nothing within Millwall. <laughs> Some don't ever change, do they? Some things never change, no. Um, but a deeply, deeply interesting character, Jack Cock. Um, capped twice, I believe, for England. Um, were these full caps or these victory international caps, Neil? The uh, Ireland, uh, Scotland, nineteen nineteen victory ones. Yeah, yeah, no, they would have been full caps. They full caps. Full. Um, and I oh, scored on his debut against um, Ireland. Scored after thirty seconds, which is currently the third fastest England goal of all time. Yeah. And um, I mean, as I've, I've, I read this, as I've written it, listeners, and uh, you know, I'm. A, comfortable in my skin but owing to his good looks and he's and he had a tenor voice and he was a very good looking man um jack appeared on the musical stage apparently um during his playing days he was known for his singing um before he entered the pitch he would sing i guess in the dressing room a war cry <laughs> he was also in film um he starred in a couple of movies called, one called the winning goal in 1920 which silent i think um, and the great game of 1930, which would have been um, a talkie. So, um, musical, star of film, stage, and the football pitch. I've dug out a wonderful advert, which um, I will stick online. Um, he's endorsing um, some tobacco called Kloof. I've not heard of Kloof uh, tobacco. Neil, have you ever seen no. that one? I've never heard of this one. Um, no, never either. 
seven and a half old pence per ounce and Jack Cock, Millwall and England centre forward. You very rarely read that sentence. Millwall and England centre forward Jack Cock um, endorses Kluth um, for his pipe. And then underneath that, I found another uh, musical advert. Um, oh no, it's a film actually. It's, a, it's an advert for the film, not a musical. It's at the, the Victoria Hall, which is in Portsmouth. These are both from the, the Pompey Evening News of 1931. Um, and it's to make it your goal to see Jack Cock, the famous centre forward in the great game, the only British football talkie ever produced. And I think that's got to be worth a look sometime isn't it, to, to see that. I've never seen it on any of these repeat channels. Um, yeah, we find it on the oh, talking it, pictures, is it? The one that's doing it there? It'd be nice to see it on there. I might, I might badger them to try and get it on there. Um, yeah, but the British Film Institute have also got films on the on their website. I wonder if you get it on there or even just have a look at the winning goal. I'll have to have a look. I haven't done that. I'll have to have a look. But uh, Jack Cock, one of the great names of Millwall's history, I think it's fair to say, Neil, would you agree? He's one of the big Absolutely. names. Absolutely. And one, I think, has been largely forgotten. Despite, yeah. yeah. Despite everything, record goal scorer, war hero, uh, later to be a manager, Film star, music hall star. Is there anything this guy couldn't do? Doesn't seem so. Or even running a pub, even ran the White Hart at New Cross, and that's no easy task, is it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the things, I think we've said it before in other shows, and I'll just say it briefly, is the purpose of these podcasts for me is to try to get these names back out there because you're right, Neil, you're absolutely spot on. That's a major, major name, and very few, I think. Uh, could be wrong, but very few know the real history of, of Jack Cock and, and much of Mill Football Club's history. So Jack Cock, military medal, um, huge name in Mill history, star of uh, pitch, stage and screen. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. We're going to move along, because it's not all Jack Cock. We've also got Wally Davis to talk about here, Neil. Another interesting person. Yeah, yeah, but that's the general theme, I think, that we 
well, when we were discussing doing this was was yeah was just to bring some interesting people, some interesting stories to, and this is another one, Welsh international. Welsh international. So Wally Davis, born in 1888, he died in mysterious circumstances in 1937. Um, born in Mould in North Wales. Um, yeah. Full name um, is Walter Otto Davis. It's the strange second name, German second name, because um, he was a friend of his father. A German soldier was a friend of his father, which is an odd story, I guess. Um, Walter Otto Davis. Family moved from Wales to London as a child. And his dad, um, Davis Senior, um, served as Mayor of West Ham Borough Council in 1920 um, Which was, I didn't know until I got your notes. You- yeah, you threw yeah, no, but <laughs> like other hand grenades quite but I wasn't aware that his father was the mayor of West Ham. Yeah, I mean gen just for listeners' benefit, generally the format is that I come up with most basic facts and Neil pummels me with obscurity. So it's really nice to get a, a fact back at Neil Fissler that he doesn't he hadn't heard of, doesn't know. So um, yeah, apparently um, old man Davis served as mayor of West Ham, the old borough council as it would have been back then. Um and a, another story that I've, I've dug out from the nets, um, his brother died playing football. I don't know if this would have been in Wales or in London, um, but his brother passed away playing football. And it, consequently, the, the parents of Wally um, forbade him from playing the game. But um, it didn't stop him. Um, in fact, he took it up in the, um, in, he was in the, a member of the army before the First World War and served in Gibraltar and then played football there. Um, so the, you know, the, they're forbidding, didn't have any, any effect. Played for a team called Metro Gas um, in the non-leagues in 1911 on leaving the army. They were, they're a name I've seen around Metro Gas, Neil. Um, I guess they were a gas work sign. Yeah, they're a gas on the old Kemp Road, I believe. Unless oh, somebody oh. proved me wrong. Okay. Uh, East London side. Uh, I believe they're still playing. They used to play in the old Spartan League. I've seen the name around. I've seen it a, a lot in um, Edwardian football. You know the old, the old pre-First World War scene. So there must have been a big name, non-league. Name. I believe um, it's Metropolitan Gas Company. Yeah, and it would have been yeah because it would have been um, coal gas. This is stuff for for kids to look up on Wikipedia. Not natural gas, but gas made from coal, and they had. Gas works all over the place, uh, including on the old Kent Road, as, as, as hence the big gas holders that are down there. Um, Wally played for Metro Gas after leaving the pre-First World War Army, so um, served in Gibraltar, then turned professional for the Lions in 1911. Um, played for us until 1920, which would include um, the First World War, obviously. 113 appearances, which is con- constrained, obviously, by the impact of four years of, of war because um, football was suspended in that time. Scored 65 goals for us, um, so quite a, quite prolific when he was on the pitch, Neil. He was, he was quite a, you know, quite handy um, in, in front of goal. Um, and as you said earlier on, Welsh International, five caps and one goal for Wales. Yeah, would have been quite a decent acquisition, I should imagine, at the time. Yeah. Goal-scoring sensation. Yeah, it described, and this is from the, um, the Richard Lindsay book. This is, this is Richard's description. Um, Wally Davis was a deadly finisher of exceptional speed and ball control. 
And in 1912-13, he emerged as a goal-scoring sensation, as, as, as you say, and soon attracted fabulous offers from football league clubs, which is, um, you know, your, your head would be turned if you're playing for Metro Gas one minute, and then a fabulous offer comes from <laughs> the time, wouldn't it, really? Let's be honest. For the rest of the season. <laughs> Absolutely. Scored a wonder goal, apparently, in the FA Cup versus Brantford City. Some, some held it to be the best goal ever scored at the Den, um, described by the national papers as a wonder goal. Um, and probably not going to do it justice here, no, but um, he received the ball from a throw-in around the halfway line, sidestepped his marker, beat both full-backs and slipped the ball past the goalkeeper. And it sounds a good goal, even from that poor description I've just given it. So, um, but the, Seen as the best goal scored at the Den, there's obviously the new Den, the old, old Den, rather. Then would have been a new Den, just three years old at that point. Um, probably was the best goal ever scored there at that time. I don't think we started particularly well at the new ground, so maybe one of the few only, only goals we scored. I don't know. Um, <laughs> World War One. He was injured, served with in Italy um, with the Bedfordshire Regiment, and he incurred injuries to his legs. Um, but he still turned out, even describing, <laughs> despite being injured in the war. Um, he still occasionally turned out for Millwall, um, including a game against Clapton Orient, in which he scored a hat trick wearing his army boots. That's a great story, you, isn't it? <laughs> you pitch up for a game of football. You, funnily enough, I was reading something. I was reading something yesterday about football in World War Two, and they were insisting that they turned out in their full army kit and boots to play, even then, just in case they were needed. I just stopped the game. There wasn't enough time to get changed and, and you yeah, well, almost to resume battle. So you went from the football field to the battlefield almost in one. Different breed. I mean, it's a repeat thing you pick up doing this. I mean, there are many, many similarities with now. And then there are others that are so far removed from the modern experience that you can't imagine it. Um, I mean, to be injured in battle and then come back and still think about turning out for Millwall is, um, is, is something in itself, let alone play, as you say, Neil in kit um he retired um i dare say he was entitled to retire from football in 1919 as a result of the injuries and then took up employment as a grounds with, with chelmsford before again same thing as we said with um calvi he um returned as a laborer in the london docks which is a hard way to make a living <clears throat> you know if, if you've retired with injured legs you've you know, I know there were no easy options back then. That's a tough way to make a life, isn't it? Yeah, you're considering that it would have been physical back-breaking work, wouldn't it? Unloading ships. And if you're a dock labourer, you do the heavy stuff, don't you? There's no... You do. Yeah, yeah or did. Yeah. yeah. Um, casual well, labour as well, taken on day by day, pretty much. I don't think there was any, um, you know, any, any kind of... Um, uh, Term, you know, easy terms to be had in the London docks. So that was that was where he finished up after a, um, you know, a, a good playing career and, and then war service. Um, but there we are. Um, strange. I mean, he passed away in 1937, um, and as it's described online, uh, in mysterious circumstances, he was found drowned in Bow Creek, um, which is odd because he was a strong uh, swimmer. And the coroner's jury recorded a note, recorded an open verdict on his on his death. There we are, Wally Davis. Um, I've got a picture of him here. It's um, it's a strange photo. It's almost like hand drawn on a photo. But I'll, I'll I'll put this out with the notes. 
and a couple of pieces of press coverage for, for him in his career. Uh, a, a, a tricky, a tricky centre forward is described as in, in the Sheffield Independent, a genius in the Sheffield Independent, nineteen fourteen. I think that's a nice, um, a nice epitaph for what he'd to have because clearly he had a tough life there, Neil, didn't he? That was that was a, that was a tough, tough um, living, and to be, yeah. under, to be described as a genius, I think it's a nice way to, to to put it for him. Yeah, give us a nice way for us to remember him. I think absolutely genius, Wally Davis. There we are. I hope you're enjoying, or you are enjoying, these series of short podcasts. Um, If you are enjoying them, then we're going to be moving straight along shortly to edition number three. If you can join us another day, then we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Acton Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over there, Jimmy Till next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.